Well, hello there and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're talking with Charles Smith, Branch Chief of the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services in the Stormwater Planning Division, Watershed Projects Implementation Branch. And I got to talk to you about that business card, Charles. It's probably really long with all that uh, title and uh, agencies and everything. But we're going to be talking about stream health today and stream restoration, uh, restoration. So, Charles, thanks so much for being here on the County Conversation. Thanks for having me, Jim. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Looking forward to a subject that I'll be honest with you. I don't know a lot about and I'm I'm guessing that maybe a lot of residents are not familiar with the terms stream health and stream restoration. Am I am I assuming correctly there? I think so. There's certainly a growing number of people who are familiar, and we've had a tremendous amount of response to these efforts. So I think that the public's becoming more aware, but certainly there's a lot of folks who have not been exposed to it and probably aren't as familiar. Mm-hmm. What, what do we mean when we say, first of all, let's just say stream health? What does that mean? Well, I think the easiest way to picture it is if you've ever been to, say you go to a big national park or a forest where the whole area is covered with vegetation, natural vegetation, trees, you've got rocks, you've got hills, you've got valleys. But the if you usually when you go to a place like that, you'll find that the streams look really good. Like you can walk up to it and just as a lay person, you look at it and say, wow, that's that's really pretty. You, know, you can see that there's not a lot of eroded banks, exposed roots trees falling in everywhere. You don't see trash. That's, I think everybody kind of intuitively can figure or picture a healthy stream. And then turn that around. Most people that live in Fairfax County can walk their closest stream and probably see some impacts. They'll see a lot of uh, exposed dirt. The stream will be down inside a channel that's eroded. So you can see that erosion. There'll often be trash and roots sticking out and down trees. I'm sure uh, for most folks, that's a pretty familiar site. Mm-hmm. So that stream health is a function of the water that runs off into it. You know, how much water, how quickly, is it, the, mm. is it uh, the, the channel changing to accommodate all that water? There's a lot of trash in it, other, other pollutants. So our job is to really try to make sure that that water is as clean as it can be, that the stream remains healthy and stable, and that we provide, um, you know, we protect infrastructure, both public property and private property. All those things are kind of rolled into one, but the health itself is that mm-hmm. clean water and a stable stream. Okay. So it's not only the health of the water that's actually running in the stream, if you will. I'm trying to you know, picture it in my mind. But yeah. you're you're talking more more broadly, the the health of the embankment, the the sand near it, the roots going in it, and obviously the trash that people throw in it. I don't know why, but, you know, those type of things. So my first reaction when I heard stream health is we're just talking about the water running through it, but it's it's way much more than that. It certainly is. And, and the interesting thing is that, so when you think about healthy streams, if a lot of times there's a, there's a program in Fairfax County through schools called a Meaningful Watershed Experience um, or Educational Experience, MIWI. And uh, it's done for, I think it's either fifth grade or seventh grade. Every student in Fairfax County is taken out to a stream and they're taught about stream health. And the most fascinating part is that 
you don't often look closely, but in the bottom of those streams, you can you can visualize fish. And that's always an important part of healthy streams hmm. is a healthy fish population. But more importantly, in the bottom of the stream amongst all the pebbles and the sand and the sticks, there are little uh, critters. There are insect hmm. larvae that right. and adults that live in that stream. And they're usually the best uh, barometer of how healthy that stream is. Hmm. And... So we say stream health, uh, one of the most important measurements that we do, and it's done nationally, is to measure those insects, those macroinvertebrates. And the more diverse they are and the more abundant they are, the cleaner the water is. And it's not just the cleanliness of the water, it's how much water comes. If it erodes a lot, it, it smothers the insects. It's all the sediment that you see that moves like a muddy stream. Hmm. That sediment moving to the stream, it's been a pulled off of its banks usually. So there's a lot of pieces to that. And even the temperature of the water makes a difference. Oh, wow. Hot water coming off a parking lot will kill animals because their body temperature, just picture if you were sitting there and your body's 98.6 degrees, and then all of a sudden your body, your temperature goes up to 108, you'd be dead. And the same thing happens with the animals. They're sitting in that water and they get a big flush during a summer thunderstorm. And suddenly that water temperature can go up 10 degrees, and that could be deadly to them. So water quality has a lot of components to it. Wow. I, 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 I had no idea <laughs> there was so much involved. Um, sounds like a fun job. Get to go out and play in the stream and look for stuff. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. I think folk, most folks who work in this field feel, feel pretty fortunate because most of us were kids who played in creeks. Right. And I think that um, we feel really lucky to be able to go out and look at them and try to work with them to protect the ones that are good and take the ones that aren't good and try to put them in better condition. Right. When, when you're looking at streams or going out, you know, doing, uh, you know, site visits or those type of things, you mentioned several things that are, that are causes or factors, that type of thing. Is there like one or two things you look for, like, like the first thing you look for right off the bat and, and, and you can tell right away? Are there, are there certain keys that you look for? Well, let me take it. I'm going to take it, the really high level version of that and I'll bring it down to the smaller level version of that. Okay. I think all of us now use Google Maps probably or something similar on a pretty regular basis to look at areas. So we'll go searching for something and we'll pull up a map and you can go to the aerial image version and you can see, and most of the times you can pull up Fairfax County, you'll see a lot of houses, parking lots, roads, buildings. Those are all mostly in the upland areas. So those are the, if you picture, they're on top of the hill more or on the areas that don't usually flood. And the, all those surfaces are hard surfaces called impervious surfaces. And water, rainwater runs off those surfaces and does not help. So the first indicator of problems for streams is the amount of development, the amount of impervious in the area that drains to that stream. And the higher the number in terms of percentage that's impervious, the worse the condition usually is. Um, and especially in the older part of the counties where in a county where there wasn't stormwater control put into place because we didn't have the laws in place until about the 1980s, um, they tend to be worse because the water is not held into like a stormwater pond or some other treatment facility. So it all rushes off very quickly. So when you walk into the stream, the first thing you usually will notice is, usually will notice is at the end of the stormwater pipe coming off the road or something, it'll be very eroded. So usually that's the steepest part of a, of a creek system or a stream system is those outfalls coming off those pipes from roadways and parking lots. And they'll often be very eroded 
Uh, you'll see a lot of trash at those locations. Uh, and then as it gets down, further down into the stream valley, the, the valley tends to be flatter and wider. And there, it probably won't be, look as eroded, but you often will see an area with a lot of downed trees. And what that is, is the stream is cutting its channel bigger to handle all that water. And in the process of cutting it bigger, that's when it really gets um, degraded. There's lots of trees falling, lots of eroded banks, and uh, a lot of pollution in terms of the sediment that's moved out of those stream banks down towards Chesapeake Bay, and, and all these uh, nutrients, usually in the form of phosphorus and nitrogen, that mm. move along with that water. And those are the things that were actually regulated on the most, is the sediment and the nutrients that are generated off of all that water tearing out the stream banks and flowing down. Mm -hmm. It sounds like one thing leads to another, which leads to 10 other things. Where where do you start when you're looking at at a stream or the health of a stream or, or the stormwater runoff? Where do you actually begin? Is it with these impervious services or, or, or where do you start? Yes, ideally, um, it's what you call source control. And the best thing you can ever do is if you have the ability is to go back up to where all that water gets generated on the parking lots, the roofs, the uh, the driveways, the streets, and try to capture that water as quickly as you can. And um, stormwater control has gone a long way since the 1980s. It started out with these little small ponds that would kind of slow the water down. Then we got bigger and bigger ponds. And then we realized that, well, you also need to capture that water if you can and put some of it back into the ground because the best thing you can do ever is treat it like it was a forest. Hmm. A lot of that water is intercepted. It runs into the soil and soaks down through the soil profile because that water ultimately will recharge groundwater, which is the base flow of most of our streams. It hmm. cleans it and it does a lot of benefits. So the best thing we do today is when we're able to is to go back into the uplands and put in controls that capture that water in small pockets and get as much of that water to infiltrate into the ground as possible. Um, and then you also use a lot of plants. So you'll see people probably are familiar now seeing rain gardens. Mm -hmm. uh, another term for them is bioretention facilities. And what that means is that you're using soils and plants to treat the water as best you can. They do a lot of good filtration. They soak up the water and the nutrients. Yeah. yeah, and those are the that's the best way to do it. And then it's also a concept to say that, well, you take those little pockets and you put them in a series, picture from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. You try to capture as much water as you can, hold it as long as you can, and you try to let it go at a, a pace that kind of resembles what it would have been when there was right. a forest there. Okay. And that water will be usually the cleanest and also not erode the stream. So it, it's clean because it's captured in a, a pond or a pool, and I'm assuming sediment and those kind of things filters down to the bottom and then the the clean water then kind of trickles out is that a, exactly. a pretty pretty easy way for me to understand it exactly and the the way you look at stormwater treatment is there's two factors one is the quality of the water and one is the quantity of the water how much so to clean it you're exactly right when you when the water runs into the facility whatever kind of facility it is you try to slow that water down and when you slow it it drops a lot of the sediment out. So whatever is mm -hmm. rushed off the surface often drops out when you slow it down. Gotcha. So you have like a, an area in the front of a pond, for instance, they call a floor bay. It's, a, it's basically a, like a small bathtub. It has a, a small outflow point. 
And the, all the water coming into a stormwater pond usually goes through a forebed. And then that drops a lot of the sediment and trash out. So then hmm. it rushes over into the main pond. And by then it's already a bit cleaner. And when it's in the main pond and you try to hold it for a day or so, you can hold that water for a day. That water gets cooler. It drops hmm. out most of its pollutants. Um, and then it, then you're releasing it at a rate where it doesn't erode the stream that's going to. So it's yeah. the holding as much as you can, holding as long as you can, and trying to run it through that treatment cycle where you can pull out as much of the uh, pollutant as possible. Wow. Fascinating. I've, I've learned a lot so far here on this conversation with Charles Smith, uh, uh, Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, Stormwater Planning Division, the Watershed Projects Implementation Branch uh, specifically. Uh, you know, stormwater is a term I've, I've heard, you know, quite often, many times over the years, but I don't think I've really fully understood it. So uh, great explanations there, Charles. I, I certainly appreciate that. I, I think this is a very obvious answer to the question, but it's one I had written down that I wanted to make sure I ask a basic question. Why is stream health important? Well, it's, it, I think the stream health is an indicator of environmental health overall. So um, there's a couple factors I'd say is that we, we do need, we need native plants. We need forests and fields, native vegetative systems. Um, they provide a lot of benefits for us. They clean the air. They produce oxygen. They um, provide homes for all of the wildlife, so all wildlife that's out there. They also hold and build soil, um, and they clean water. They actually are big filters. So um, we, you know, in, in Fairfax, being a very developed county, we've removed a lot of native vegetation, especially on the upland areas, tops of the hills and slopes. And But we were fortunate that we preserved the forested areas along the streams, the stream valleys, and that's a big benefit for us. So the health of the water, cleanliness of the water, not only affects the Chesapeake Bay, Potomac River, and those areas downstream, but it affects those forested stream valleys we have too. The longer we can hold it in there, we can keep that water in the system. It goes into the soil, it cleans it and cools it, so it helps the fish, it helps the critters that live in the stream, but it also then provides water for all those plants we need in those natural communities. We've got to get water into the soil so they can actually pull that water up. Hmm. You know, a really big tree can pull about 200 gallons of water out of the ground each day wow. in the summer. And that's a lot of water. So it yeah. needs to get that water from the soil. So you got you have to get that water to it. And uh, the more we can hold that water up in those systems, it really helps a lot. Right. Um, and, and that benefits us directly through those healthy uh, plant communities that provide all those benefits for us. Right. Um, and there's a growing body of work that says that people being out in nature makes us happier and healthier. <laughs> so there's a direct human health benefit to having these natural things. And without water, you can't have them. Right. So uh, it's that clean water um, held in those communities, natural communities, and those riparian quarters in particular. Mm -hmm. That's really important. You mentioned earlier on, you know, some of the things you can see and notice when you're looking at the health of a stream that you can tell it's healthy or or not healthy and, and may need some work, may need some some restoration, if you will. Uh, what what is exactly stream restoration? What do you do to restore a stream to a healthy state? Well, stream restoration in the most fundamental way is trying to put a stream in a condition where it can move the water that comes to it in a way that doesn't tear it, it apart. 
you know, that, that keeps the stream itself stable, mm. grows native vegetation, and it harbors uh, native wildlife in the forms of those macroinvertebrates in the stream and the fish and the other animals that use it. Mm. And the more uh, plants and animals that can use that stream, generally speaking, the cleaner that water is. So it's kind of their indicators of the, of the, the health of the stream. So stream restoration is the most fundamental. Um, is the old practices back in the early 20th century is streams were just ways to get water away. You're, you're moving water away from the site. There are mm-hmm. old uh, ads about dynamiting streams to straighten <laughs> them. And, uh, so then we evolved to actually saying, well, we don't want them to erode. So we used to dump a lot of rock into them. And that rock, rock is usually called riprap. It's that gray rock you see. And riprap is still used, but people realized that you can't do that and have a healthy stream. You can't dump a bunch of rock in it and assume that stream is going to work very well because you're not really addressing the bigger problems. Hmm. So the modern stream restoration does tries to mimic nature. You try to look at streams that are healthy and you try to put the stream that is unhealthy back into a better condition where it has some um, what are called meanders to it. Meanders are the curves of the stream because meanders are natural streams and the streams want to meander. And that slows the water down and gets more surface area on the banks. And um, But the other thing is you need to have really good vegetation. Vegetation is mm. critical. Uh, one of the things we've been learning is to try to minimize the Im- impacts. We need to try to, when we go in there, we have to take construction equipment. So you have to be very careful to plan your project so you don't damage the best parts of a system. And that's a really mm. important component. You don't take out all the big trees. You don't uh, damage the really healthy vegetative communities that are in there. Right. We try to work and uh, direct your impacts to those areas that are already impacted. All right. Uh, don't like, destroy, don't destroy stuff in an attempt to make something else yeah. better. Well, one of the reasons, one of the things we've actually become much closer to is our wastewater colleagues and counterparts. So wastewater are all the sewers. Every time somebody flushes in the county, uh, it goes to a sewer pipe. And those sewers, most of them are gravity sewers, meaning they rely on water running downhill. So that means that almost every stream valley in the county has sewers running through it. So since we work closely with our counterparts in wastewater, we try to use their pipelines as a ways to get in as much as we can because they're already cleared. So it's really nice that we can do that. And we also try to work with them. If they have work to do on their pipes, we try to make that all happen at the same time so it minimizes impact to the system and also minimizes disruption to the people that live there. Mm-hmm. So um, we try to make this happen at the same time. What uh, what would be a couple of examples of things you would do to restore a stream? Is it uh, sloping of the banks? You said like the banks may be eroded and there's a sh- like maybe a sharp drop off. Would you like slope the bank? Would you plant more vegetation? Give me an, an example of a couple of things you would do in restoring a stream. That's a great question, Jim. So the uh, what we'll do usually is first of all you have to consider what's the what's the cause? What's causing this problem? Can we go back upstream and reduce the amount of water coming to that stream? So one of the first things you would try to do is consider whether or not you can go up and hold more water back. Is there an old stormwater pond there that you could make bigger? Is there something you can do to slow down the water coming to it? And that would be the first step because that way you don't have to go into the stream directly. The next thing you'll try to do often is look at the outfalls. So when there's a pipe, the water's coming off that up one. And again, it usually drops very quickly on the steep slope area, and that's where a lot of the erosion is occurring. So you'll try to fix those outfalls and make sure that they are stable. And again, you'll use rock, you'll use wood whenever you can, and you'll plant a lot of plants, a lot of trees and shrubs 
um, you know, small you know, bushes and things um, to really stabilize those soils and provide really good habitat. Then when you get to the bigger parts of the stream, we try to use the, the term natural channel design has come into the industry stormwater over the last 30 years. And it means different things to different people. Ideally, what it means is that you mimic things that you see in healthy streams. And so we'll try increasingly, it's trying to use wood wherever we can, because um, naturally wood in water provides a lot of kind of soft benefits. You know, the wood will slowly rot when it's submerged in water. Right. It provides a lot of good habitat for animals, and it will provide mm. a lot of the stability of the system. Some places we can't do that. We'll use rock. We build these structures out of rock that will um, prevent erosion in the stream. So it's a combination of those things. We do grade banks often. We'll grade the banks back, or we may have to move the channel because where it is is threatening something. It's too steep. It's too straight. Uh, we try to give it a longer flow path, which is where, like I said, again, with those meanders where you see it going back and forth across the landscape. That's generally a healthier pattern for streams is to have that, a good uh, meander to it. So this combination of those factors, let's, let's say using as little rock as you can, although we still use quite a bit, and mm. working from upland to down, down slope, and using a lot of wood when we can, and also planting a lot of plants. You know, right now during the, the, the spring, entering the summer, a lot of folks are you know, getting out and enjoying nature more and that type of thing as they're walking about in their neighborhoods, the, the woodlands, the forested areas, those type of things come across streams and they see something, they see a stream or, or see a river area, riverbed that doesn't look healthy to them. Maybe they yeah. notice some of the things that you're talking about. What, what should they do? What steps should they take? Well, first of all, um, I think it's a, it's really, it is really important that the community is involved in these processes and, and in both in their creek and they see the problems that are there. Um, we do have the ability, if you go on to the Fairfax County um, government website and you look under public works, there is a section that talks about stormwater. And um, under the stormwater, there's an opportunity, there's a page in there where you can report uh, a problem. So basically you say, okay, I see a problem in there, whether it could be a flooding problem or it could be degraded stream banks. So you click on those links and you report it, the issue. And that reporting is really important because we have a database we keep of stream problems. And we actually send inspectors out to look at them. If there's a, something we can fix readily, we'll try to do it. Or if there's something that somebody else is responsible for, we'll try to let them know. And then if not, we still at least keep track of that so that we, it helps us build our um, list of potential projects. So every year we develop a project list and we do it on the, both the maintenance side for things that are kind of routine and we do it on, for my group, it's called the capital project side for public works, which are the big projects. And so that report from the community is really important to help us better understand uh, what the, where the problems are and how big they are. I think you used the word uh, concern, community concerns. Are, are there concerns from residents about restoring stream health or, or these type yeah, of projects? Absolutely. And I think oh. what we've experienced overall, overall we've experienced a lot of support for our stream restoration work. Um, there are people who are certainly concerned about tree loss, and there are times when our projects are, because of the how small an area is because maybe there's a lot of exposed sewer lines 
because there's tremendous erosion and you have to get in large equipment to work on it, we do cause impacts with our projects. But I think what we have experienced is that we try to work with the community to address their concerns too. So people, for instance, often want their trails to be put back. And so putting back trails is good. Minimizing the number of trees that are taken and replanting new trees is really important. Um, so we, we tr really try to have the community members participate on our project teams. So they actually sit on the team and they get to get all the reports in from the people that are going out there to study the site. They walk the site with us, they know what it looks like, and they help us make the decisions about how to do the project so that it minimizes impact on them and their neighborhood. And also it provides the best um, stream, you know, the product on the back end of the project, one they can be happy with and proud of. Right. So that, that community involvement is really important. Is that the is that the best way to uh, get involved? Is going to the FairfaxCounty.gov website and uh, searching for the stormwater section under Public Works and Environmental Services, or is there a telephone number, email address, anything anything better than the website? The website's the best because okay. there you have the most amount of information. You can also get the phone numbers that are that are uh, will direct you if you want to report an issue. And I'd say for our projects, uh, there's a tab down at the bottom of the page that's the stormwater management page of Fairfax County website and at the bottom there's a section that says watershed plans and projects and in that section you can learn about your watersheds you can find your watershed you can see where all the projects are that we have been working on uh, or ones that are underway and then also you can if there's somebody actually works in the business they can actually find out the ones we're putting out there for bid that's where you're asking contractors to bid on them but the key thing is, is it's kind of a starting point for all the information you might need. And then again, more contact information if you want to learn more or you have something to report. Charles, this has been excellent. I, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how much I learn on these podcasts. And I de definitely have done that. And thank you for explaining it in a way that, uh, that even I can understand. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about stream health, the importance of stream health, stream restoration. Final 30 seconds or so, Charles, anything I didn't ask or any final words about our topic today that you would really want listeners to take away and remember? Yeah, I think um, number one is these are our streams. So it's the community streams and um, the counties required. We have permits from the U.S. government, from the state government uh, that require us to do work to clean the water. Um, there are laws in, the, in Virginia and Fairfax which require us to treat stormwater in certain ways. And so we're part of a really large network of people from folks who have to develop land or are developing land to folks who live on land and manage it. And our goal as stormwater management people is to work with the community and also understand the systems we work in, the, the natural areas, the forest and stream valleys, uh, and try to make sure what we do has the least amount of impact and provides the most amount of benefit. All right. Charles, excellent. Good job. Thank you very much for being on the county conversation with us today and uh, sharing all this good information about stream health, stream restoration, and of course, the, the importance of having uh, healthy streams. If you'd like to get more Fairfax County news and event information, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Again, thanks for joining us on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.